we're, we're coming to the conclusion of the, the practical aspect of the epistle where, you know, after Paul had told us all the, the wonderful things that God has done for us, then he, you know, he tells us how to respond by living a life that uh, is pleasing to the Lord, a, li- a life that's consistent with our profession of faith. And we've been looking at a variety of different things. And now he brings it uh, into the workplace. So how many of you here today have a job? <laughs> what do the rest of you do? You don't have, you don't have jobs? <laughs> okay, good. Uh, okay, well, yeah, we're going to talk about being a Christian on the, uh, on the job, a uh, Christian in the workplace today. So, so that's our topic. But let me read uh, verses five through nine to you. Bond servants, or for our context, employees, be obedient to those who are your masters or employers according to the flesh with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters or employers do the same things to them, to your employees, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. So just to kind of set the record uh, on this, you know, work is, is a good thing. And uh, some people kind of look at, at work as, well, you know, that that resulted from the curse of sin that came upon the world and that, you know, therefore we, we have to work. Uh, but no, before sin ever entered into the world, God created man and he created the man and the woman and he gave them task to perform. So, so work is a good thing and it's part of our, our lives as Christians. As a matter of fact, it's part of everybody's life, really, right? Um, it's been estimated that the average person will spend 90,000 hours uh, in the workplace over their lifetime. So 90,000 hours, that's a, that's a lot of hours. And so, you know, the job is an important place to uh, live out our Christianity. It's an important place for our Christianity to be displayed because it's a place that we will uh, spend a whole lot of our lifetimes in. And so, again, we see the very practical uh, application of God's truth, and Paul is here applying it in that context. So we want to look first at what he says to the employee, and then at the employer, secondly, and then thirdly, we're going to go back and look at Jesus as our uh, great example in this regard. So First of all, we read here in verse five, bond servants or uh, employees, be obedient to those who are your masters. So, so how does that translate into life today? Because, right, we're talking about, uh, we're not talking about the slave um, master thing like we did previously. We're looking at it in our own context. So when it says be obedient, I think uh, we could understand that to 
to really be referring to abiding by the rules of the workplace. So here we are, we're employees, we go off to the job daily, and in every workplace, you have rules, you have guidelines, you have certain, of course, you're supposed to arrive at a certain time, uh, you're, you know, you leave at a certain time uh, throughout the day. Maybe you know you have different breaks. You have different tasks. You have you have different things that um, would would be considered, in in a sense, the rules of the workplace. So, as a Christian, I'm to be obedient to those things. I, I'm not to be rebellious. I'm not to be resistant. I'm, I'm not to be negligent. I'm not to be a person who's um, Never, never on time. I, I'm, I'm always late, or uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not following along with the rules. No, as a Christian, I am to be a person who is punctual. I am to be a, a person who is faithful. I'm to be a person who is is going to abide by the rules that are set up uh, on the job. You know, just the that kind of rebellious kind of an attitude that we sometimes see is, is an attitude that is, is very much contrary to the heart, the attitude that God calls us to have. You know, in our current situation, quite often there's, there's a, a, an encouragement toward sort of a rebellious kind of a spirit. There's a there's a resistance to authority and things like that. that that's kind of part of our, our, our culture these days. But when it comes to uh, the workplace, we are to really be um, faithful and committed and we are to abide by the rules. And, and then he adds here, he says, with fear and trembling. And I think that what that would look like in our context is that we are to have respect toward our employers. So again, not a rebellious attitude, not an ungrateful attitude, uh, but a, a respectful attitude toward those that employ us, recognizing their position, recognizing uh, their authority. God is, God is into authority structures. And so in the workplace, you have those authority structures, right? You, most people, there's a, a chain of command in every work environment to, to some degree. So for those that might be under an employer, our attitude toward them is to be one of respect. But then Paul says that we are to um, do things not as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart. So really approaching our, our positions, our jobs with, with an attitude of sincerity. I, I'm not there just you know, working hard when it's uh, gonna be probable that the, that the boss is gonna see me. But you know, if there's no chance of that happening today, then I'm, I'm just gonna slough off. I'm not gonna be as committed, you know, hey, the boss isn't in, it doesn't really matter today. No, but I keep in mind that, no, I'm serving the Lord. I'm, I'm doing this job sincerely. I'm, I'm not really even doing it so much for my employer, even though I, I am doing it for him but, uh, or her. I'm going beyond that. I'm, I'm doing this for the Lord. 
So this kind of an, uh, a situation or this kind of an attitude is not, it's not just something that we have in our uh, current situation. This kind of an attitude goes all the way back uh, throughout time. Uh, people would, as they still do today, oftentimes, um, you know, they're, they're only working hard when they know that they're being watched, but then when that watchful eye is not there, uh, they're taking advantage of that to slack off. That should never be the case with the Christian. Whether we're being watched or not, uh, we're being seen by the Lord. And we're doing what we are doing as unto the Lord. And then Paul says, with good will, doing service to the Lord. With good will. I, I look at that and I think, you know, just having a, a heart of, of good will toward what we're doing. You know, what, whatever it is, Whatever it is I'm doing, you know, if you, if you have a job today and you are a Christian, then you know you can take it that this job is, is God's will for you. This is where he has you. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're seeking to, to do his will in your life, then where you're at, you can, you can just look at it and say, you know, this is God's will for me. And since this is God's will for me, I'm going to do it with goodwill. I, I'm going to want to do the best job possible. I, I'm going to want to make sure that what, whatever process uh, I, I'm engaged in or whatever part of the process, I'm doing my particular task as well as I possibly can so that the end product is, is a great product because you know, we're doing it for the Lord. Now, just think of every person thought that way uh, about their, their work. You know, you, re you really appreciate when you get a product that's um, well-made and, you know, it's going to last. You know, you know how it is these days? They, they, a lot of products they make these days, they, there's like a... a they, they build in um, an obsolescence. There, there's a point where they, 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 they make it to break down at a certain point. So you have to buy another one. You know, that, that's such a ripoff, isn't it? And I, sometimes I, I see that. And I think, oh, this is, this is ridiculous. Or, um, you know, if you're a, if you're a homeowner, and after some years in your house, you see oh, the, these, little, these little things start showing up where you, you look and you realize, wow, you know, these guys didn't really take their job too seriously. And when they plumbed my house, they weren't really thinking about the person who was going to live in the house. They were just thinking about, you know what, I, I got I to gotta get this job done as quick as I can so I can get down to the beach and go surfing. That's what I used to think when I was a plumber, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm confessing that. <laughs> and now, you know, I, as I'm older and I'm a homeowner, I think, okay, I know the attitude of the guy who plumbed this. I know, I was there. You kind of do a half-baked job at things. And, uh, but that's not the way we are to go about it. So, so as a believer, I wasn't a Christian back then, so that was uh, part of the problem. But as a believer that I would... Um, you know, really with goodwill, just a good attitude and a good, uh, a good work ethic and a, and a good 
intention to do my best as unto the Lord. That's, that's the, the attitude that Paul is talking about here. You know, really, honestly, as, as Christian people, as followers of Jesus, we should really be the, the top employees. Maybe we're not as skilled as other people, but what we, what we lack in skill, we make up in devotion and commitment. That really should be the case. And there's, there's one other thing that I would add to this that's not you know, necessarily connected to one of the verses, but I think it might be just generally in here, and that would be to be thankful for our jobs and to be thankful even for our wages. Now, of course, we... Most of the time, we always seem to think like we're worth a lot more than we're getting paid, right? Especially with younger people today. You know, I hear these things. And of course, recently, they were looking to raise the, uh, the minimum wage to $15 an hour uh, for flipping hamburgers, you know? And I think, who in their right mind thinks that anybody should get paid 15 bucks an hour for flipping hamburgers? That's ridiculous. That's crazy. You know, minimum wage is there for, and, and especially with young people, you know, a lot, a lot of times young people today, they want to start out, you know, their first job, they want to start at 100 grand a year. You know, I'm not taking anything less than 100 grand, you know? Yeah, I know I just, I, I'm still in junior college, but you know, I, I deserve it. I'm really, I'm a bright person. I got a, a great future ahead of me. It's like, come on, let's, let's be realistic. You start off with a minimum wage job. That's just the way it works. And it's not bad. It's not the evil capitalists that are oppressing us with this. It's just the way it works. And it's okay. And and we need to be happy, thankful, blessed by the fact that we even have a job. The fact that we get a, a, a decent wage. The minimum wage in California, I think, is currently $9 an hour. And you might say, yeah, see? See what I mean? Nine bucks an hour. Well, I remember when the minimum wage was like 275. Some of you remember that too, right? But listen, let's put it in perspective. The minimum wage in California is $9 an hour. Listen, one third of the world's population lives on $2 a day. $2 a day. So we want to complain about nine bucks an hour? Come on, $2 a day. One third of the population, two billion people plus, live on $2 a day. So oh, we, we need to be thankful. We need to be appreciative. We, you know, really, truly, here in the United States of America, we have it so good. Even uh, in, the, in the most difficult places, in the, in the hardest spots, and, and certainly there are some, it's still really good comparatively when you think about the, what most people in the world um, you know, experience in their, in their job experience, in their uh, wage and so forth. So thankful for our jobs and for our wage. Of course, if we earn a raise if we need a raise, and that's, that's good. We can desire that. But it's the, it's the attitude of um, entitlement that's the problem. And, and you know, that, that's really becoming more and more pervasive in our culture today. And unfortunately, it's, it's coming down to us now from, 
even our, our government, you know, just this attitude that everybody's sort of entitled. But as Christian people, we, we, we simply need to be thankful that we, we have what we have, uh, the job and the wage that we have. We need to give thanks for it. So this is the attitude of the employee. This is what Paul says. But he moves on from there, and he addresses then the masters or the employers, and he says to them, he says, and you masters do the same things to them. So I pointed this out in, in our previous message that it was the New Testament, it was the teaching of the apostles, it was the gospel of Jesus Christ that brought the sense of equality that the, the slaves in that cultural situation, that they had rights as well. And so as we translate that into our current situation, the employer needs to remember that the employee has rights as well. So just as, as Paul has been saying to the employees, okay, these are the things that you are to do, he turns around to the employer and says, now you do the same things. So those kinds of things that we're talking about where there's the respect and um, doing things sincerely and so forth, that applies to the employer as well. But let's look at a few things. So when he says do the same things, then I, I would say that we could talk about fairness in the workplace, coming down from the top, from the employer. Fairness in both task and wage. So if you are a, an employer, you have an obligation to be fair to your employees. Now, of course, this has been an ongoing problem for ages, but it's that situation where uh, the employer is taking advantage of the employee, where the employer is making uh, a, a million times more than the, the people who are doing the work. Now, obviously, um, there, there's a place for somebody who pioneers a business or invents something uh, to, to do that, but there needs to be the recognition that there, there should be a fairness as well. So there should be fairness in regard to the task. In other words, we shouldn't overly burden people, put back-breaking task on them. That's going to crush them. And there also needs to be a fairness in wage. Instead of just looking to enrich myself and not really thinking about those who are working for me, I need to think about those who work for me as well. And I need to be concerned about their well-being. I know Christian businessmen and, uh, and uh, you know, people who own uh, different companies and things. And, and I've seen this, this kind of good, godly ethic there where there's a concern, not just for their own enrichment, but they, they really have a concern for their employees. It's a beautiful thing. And the workplace becomes like, sort of like an extended family. I have one friend who's a business owner and he's on a number of occasions, he's thought about selling his business. He's kind of tired and you know, wants to move on and do something else. But every time it comes down to where it looks like he might sell it, he pulls back. And I've asked him a few times, I said, oh, so what happened now? He goes, oh, he goes, I know they'll come in. They won't, they won't treat the employees right. So his concern is for the employees. He, he kind of looks at them as family. 
So he could sell the business and get out of it and make a lot of money, but he knows that the people coming in won't have that same harder attitude for the folks there. And so he just pulls back and says, no, I'm not going to do it. I look at that and I think that's the, that's the kind of employer that we're talking about here. That's what the Bible is referring to here, where there's a fairness and a concern. And secondly, there would also be a respect toward the workers. A respect toward the workers. Remember, Paul is reminding us here that there's, there's no partiality with God. There, there's an equality. And, and sometimes it's easy for us as human beings, we naturally go in this direction. It's easy when we're in a, a superior position to get arrogant about that and to start looking down on the people that work under us and to somehow think that we're better than they are and to even disrespect them. But that should not be the case if I am a believer in Jesus and I am a business owner, if I'm an employer in some way, I need to have respect toward those who work for me. You know, um, there's that picture back in the Old Testament book of Ruth, that little book of Ruth. There's Boaz, who's the, he's kind of one of the main characters in the story of Ruth there. And Boaz is, is a wealthy um, business owner. And he has all of these employees that work for him. And there, as you're reading through the story, it, uh, it pictures Boaz as he goes out and he daily greets his workers. And he greets them with a blessing. He, he comes and he just pronounces a blessing upon them. And they, in response, come back with a, with a blessing toward him as well. That's a beautiful picture of the attitude that we should have if we are employers toward those that work for us. So respect toward the worker. And then again, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord. So just like the employee is doing this with goodwill, doing it with sincerity of heart, doing it with all of their heart, doing it to do the best job possible. So the employer has that same sort of a heart toward those who are laboring under their leadership. There's a goodwill toward them, directed toward them. And Paul says here, giving up threatening. Giving up threatening. So um, there, there's not to be a harshness or a, a, a tyrannical sort of a attitude that's coming from those who are at the top so to speak, but there's to be a, a graciousness and a kindness. Now, having said this, I want to take it and now I want to put it in the context of Jesus himself. And that's why we read the passage in John today. Because there, we see that Jesus, Jesus himself he is both master and slave. And so in Jesus himself, we see, we, we, there's an example for us. For if, you're, if you're the employee, there's an example for you in Jesus because he was a slave. He, he referred to himself as that. But he's also clearly the master. So we see in Jesus for those who are in the position of employer, we see that here's a model for us to exemplify. 
And so as we go back to the story that we read of, of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, now, it says there a couple of things that we need to note. It says that as Jesus was about to do this task of washing the disciples' feet, it says he did this conscious of the fact that he had come from God and he was going back to God. So it prefaces the, the story of him washing the disciples' feet with that. Jesus, knowing that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. So he's fully cognizant of his deity, that he is God. And what does he do? He strips himself down and he girds himself with a towel and he takes a basin of water and he goes and he begins to wash the feet of the disciples. Now, what Jesus did, fully conscious of who he is as God, he takes the lowest possible position because the washing of the feet was reserved for the lowest of the servants. That's why the, the disciples reacted. And Peter's the one we, we get insight into his uh, reaction. That's why he reacted the way he did. He's like, Lord, what, what are you doing? You can't do this. You know, Peter understood who Jesus was. No, Jesus, you can't do this. You're the Lord. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus says, well, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Oh, okay, well then, you know, just give me a bath. I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm part with you. But obviously, Peter didn't understand what was going on, and Jesus made that clear. He said, you don't know what I'm doing right now, but you will know later. You'll know afterward. And then he said this. He said, if I, your Lord and your master, have done this for you, then you are to do this for each other as well. So you see, Jesus was the Lord and the master. He was indeed, he knew fully who he was, but he also was a slave and he became the servant, the lowest servant. You know, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, and especially as we look at that example that Jesus set there, taking that lowest position, you know, there's nothing that's below me. There's nothing that's below you. And, and even though we, you might be elevated in your position on your job or whatever, never lose sight of the fact that although you might be the master, you still are a slave. You're a slave to the Lord. And we should never come to a place where we look down on certain things and say, oh, well, you know, I just, I, I'm just so above that now. I, I could never do anything like that. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, I, I see that attitude develop uh, even with people in ministry. They feel like they've, they've kind of arrived to a certain place. And, you know, the word minister means servant. We, the English translates a Greek word, um, that could be translated servant. It translates it sometimes as minister. And so those who serve pastorally and so forth, we refer to ourselves as ministers, but then sometimes something comes along where we have the opportunity to minister, to serve, and we think, oh, no, no, you know, that, that's, I, I'm, I'm really uh, above that these days. I, I used to do that. But now I, I've, I've ascended to a higher place and I, I no longer do things like that. Um, 
Jesus was at the highest place you could ever get and taking the lowest position, he did not see that as a conflict. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Mark 10, 44, he that would be the greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. So you see, this is the attitude that we are to have. And think about it, in the workplace, if you as an employee have that, if, if the employer has that, that's gonna create a, a, a really wonderful work environment. And, it, and if, if we took everything that's said here and truly applied it, it wouldn't only create a wonderful work environment, it would create a very productive work environment as well. Because we're doing what we're doing as unto the Lord. And as Christians, we should be truly the best employees. We should be the one that, that you know, our, our boss is looking at us and saying, man, I just love the way that guy works or the way that, that young lady works. Yeah, they're amazing. They're, they're enthusiastic. They're devoted. They're serious. They're committed. Because our jobs... Doing a good job on our jobs is part of our service to God. Now, when you think about serving God, in your mind, for one second, think about that with me. Okay, I, you know, I want to serve the Lord. When you think about serving God, you think, you know, I want to serve the Lord, and I, I just want to do the minimal. I, I just, you know, I, I'm going to do a lou- I'm going to do the lousiest job I can for the Lord. No, you would never think that way, right? <laughs> of course not. Hopefully. Um, but listen, when you go off to work tomorrow, guess where you're going? You're going to serve the Lord. He's the Lord over all these things. If you've got a job, then you know what? That's a place of service for you. I mean, think about it. 90,000 hours of our lives are going to spend on the job. That's a lot of time. But that, all of that time can be invested in this is work for God regardless of what it is. That's one of the beautiful things about the way it works in Christ is that whatever we do, we can just do it as unto the Lord. Whatever we do, whatever task it is. And it might be something that you just don't like doing at all. Something that naturally you would despise doing. But you know when you take it and say, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this for the Lord. It completely changes the whole thing. And whatever you're doing as you're doing it unto the Lord, if it needs to be done, you can count on the fact that there's value in it. Sometimes we feel like what we do is mundane. We feel like it's worthless. I mean, you know, why am I doing this? What does it matter anyway? But if you just put it in that perspective of, you know, it's a job, it needs to be done. Uh, I'm paid to do it. I'm able to pay the bills through it. You know, God, I'm, I'm doing this for you. And the whole, the whole thing changes. Honestly, something that has worked against the advancement of the gospel has been people who are professing Christianity, talking about their faith, but being lousy employees. That's worked uh, horribly against the, the advancement of the gospel. And, and that does happen. 
You know, somebody will come into a place and, hey, I'm a Christian, and they, you know, talking about the Bible and Jesus said this and all of that, and, but yet they, they don't show up to work on time. Uh, they try to, you know, get out of there as quick as possible. They never want to help anybody out. They're not really doing a good job on their particular task, and yet, praise the Lord. And people look around and say, wow, man, you know, be better to just, don't say praise the Lord. Just be quiet. (laughs) No, you know what's actually a better witness is just work hard. Be diligent. Be faithful. And people, people will find out that you're a Christian. And they'll, they'll put those things together and go, wow, man, that, that guy's a Christian. That, that, that lady, she's a, she's, a, she's a believer in Jesus, but look how, look how hard they work. That's great. You see, that's, that's the greater witness. I mean, I, I have heard many times over, over the long years of pastoral ministry, I've heard employees come in saying, hey, look, you know, we hired this guy, he comes to your church, and you know, he's really a bad witness. And it just, you know, doesn't do anything. Just witnesses all day. Says, says he's serving God. He's sharing the gospel with people. And, and then I, I've actually had occasions where I've, I've had conversations with people. Hey, hey, look, I, you know, <laughs> I helped you get this job. And, and now, you know, the guy's telling me that you're, you're not doing anything. He's like, hey, bro, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing. You know, I'm, I, I got to tell people about Jesus. No, you show them Jesus. Work hard. And tell them after work about Jesus. That, that'll work out. Take them to dinner or something. So, you see, this is all... Christianity is the, the religion of the, the rubber meeting the road. It's, you know, it, it works... On, on this level. It's supposed to work on this level. It's about every aspect of life. And I want to close with quoting from uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 17 and 23. And this kind of ties it again all together. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. So those two things, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you're doing, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. As an employee, work in the name of the Lord Jesus. As an employer, approach your whole uh, business life in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, And whatever you're doing, do it with all your heart. That's the idea. Do it heartily means to do it with all your heart because you're doing it for the Lord. That's the the best perspective that we can have. We just take that with us into the workplace. I am doing this for the Lord. This is my work for God. A lot of people come and say, you know, I don't know what what I can do for the Lord. I, I'm not sure what I'm gifted to do. And, and of course, there are, there are many things, but oftentimes I'll say to a person, you know, what do you do for a job? They'll tell me where they work. Do that for the Lord. That's a place to start. You can do that. You should do that. We're called to do that. 
And as we do these practical things, and as we've looked at this section, all of the, just the, the daily life that we live, as we live it to the glory of God, this helps in the advancement of God's kingdom. And that's, in the end, that's really what it's all about, right? We wanna see God's kingdom furthered. And so one of the ways we can do that is by being faithful with the task that is put before us, doing it with a Christ-like attitude and doing it for the glory of God.